0: Hey there, everybody, and welcome to Cinema on Tap, your weekly movie podcast with a refreshing selection of industry topics and movie reviews on tap for discussion. As always, I am Scott Lentz, joined by my co-host and drinking buddy, Christian Ubius. Christian, today is January 30th, which means I am almost done with Dry January, but still drinking the Dew of the Mountain as we record here, but you have a real... Oh, a
1: real fine beverage. You
0: almost spilled it, just like you did the last time we recorded at my house, but, but good job you didn't. So,
1: so it is always brewed using the choicest hops, best barley malt, and rice. The things that always come to mind when you think of a Bud Light.
0: Absolutely. Yes, thank you for taking that off my hands. Although, who am I going to kid? I enjoy a nice Bud Light from time to time.
1: I like it when I'm playing beer pong.
0: It's <laughs> You and every other college student, unfortunately.
1: I mean, even nowadays, what, am I going to play beer pong with an IPA? I wouldn't recommend that. <laughs> I really wouldn't.
0: Uh, that seems like an <laughs> unwise choice. <laughs> But Christian, we make wise choices here on Cinema right. and Tap, and the wise choice you have made for us this month is in planning our February cake. So we're we're tapping it open, we're pouring ourselves some fresh movie brews, and yep. you're guiding us into.
1: Oh my goodness, it's Bradley Cooper month, everyone! It is. It is the day long-awaited month. It is the long-awaited month where we are looking at Bradley Cooper's filmography, and we're going to look at five specific movies that have guided him to where he is now.
0: Now, Christian. Yes. Much discussion has been held on this podcast about the the actors that you hold near and dear to your heart, that you love. Yes. Yes. Did you break the news to Christian Bale and Michael Keaton that Bradley Cooper got a month first? Or do you, were you hoping I would do that? I can reach out to their representation, see how they take the news.
1: It is uh, Christian Bale's birthday today.
0: Uh, just a knife in the back from you, <laughs> Christian. Come on.
1: Happy birthday, Dad. I mean, I Christian Bale would make an amazing month. Um I feel like this tied in well with the fact that Bradley Cooper is currently a 12-time Oscar nominee. Um
0: over 12 thus far, though to be fair, 3 of them are are still pending. We'll see if he picks up an Oscar for Maestro. There's certainly a chance at least in one of the categories, but
1: th- there's there's a chance in one of the categories. It remains to be seen. This man's career is wild. Oh my goodness! This man's career is wild. Um, I had a couple questions here in the beginning that I wanted to, that I wanted to shout out or or, or or bring to light. One of those being, what do you remember growing up seeing Bradley Cooper in?
0: I am trying to remember my first exposure because I was certainly aware of The Hangover, one of the movies we'll be discussing on today's episode, but I was not allowed to see it back in two thousand and nine. So, I'm trying to look and see the first movie I saw him in. It honestly may have been The A-Team in 2010, which I think I saw with, with some <laughs> friends. But it may actually be Limitless, which came out the year after that. Yep. And I, I was Limitless is a banger. From Limitless, from what I can recall, is a movie I like quite a bit. I haven't seen it in a long time, and I want to. I'm, I'm certainly going to try to watch it as we do a little Cooper retrospective here.
1: Oh, yes, because you finally watched All About Steve. (laughs) Oh, good
0: grief. Let's talk about that later, because we'll talk about his comedic chops (laughs) this (laughs) week. But yes, All About Steve, infamously coming out the same year as The Hangover. And it is a very different uh, movie of very different
1: quality. (laughs) It um, it won Sandra Bullock a Golden Raspberry Award.
0: Yes, Sandra Bullock made history not only accepting her golden raspberry, and passing out DVDs of All About Steve at the Razzies. But the following day, won her Oscar for The Blind Side. So, really a banger weekend for her. Winning both worst performance by an actress and best
1: Best performance performance by an actress. actress. Okay.
0: So, limitless for me, Christian, but what about you? What was your first exposure to b Coop?
1: I want to say it might have been sneens or snippets of Wedding Crashers. I definitely didn't see it in its entirety until I was in high school. However, The Hangover, I do, I actually think it is The Hangover. It is a movie that I went to a friend's house to see because he was able to get it for us to see No, 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 no. We, we found a way to watch it on a laptop. Let's go with that. We
0: found a way. (laughs)
1: We found a way to watch it on a laptop. Sailed
0: the high seas, perhaps. (laughs) And...
1: And We actually—I don't think it was that one, but but we did find a way.
0: Okay, maybe it's time Netflix or something.
1: And and you know what? Um, you know what was what was I now realize was was bad that happened. What Christian? Do you remember those bus movies that I that I've mentioned from time to time?
0: Yes, for listeners who are unaware, Christian took many trips via bus in high school, and different movies would be selected as the bus movie for this particular trip, and. Please don't tell me The Hangover was a bus movie.
1: Well, here's the thing. I think it was. I know for a fact (laughs) The Hangover Part 2 was.
0: Oh, my gosh. These were high school trips, right?
1: Yes. (laughs) Yes. No, my math teacher was in charge. Yes. And he was the one who would bring his movies for us to see. Yes. No. Was he also,
0: like, swigging from his flask while you guys were watching the movie? (laughs) In what other ways was this math teacher being irresponsible with teenagers?
1: I mean, he'd curse at us. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) So. (laughs) i I distinctly remember all of these things
0: just imagining him turning around to you guys while they're in the the police precinct and getting stun gunned and just turning it up hey
1: guys let's pay attention just pay attention real quick do you remember when the uh uh, prostitute is revealed in the hangover 2
0: i've never seen the hangover part 2
1: there is nor have i
0: seen part 3
1: there is a
0: we can't use that word in 2024.
1: <laughs> it's definitely the word that they used in 2012. Okay.
0: Well, that's where the word. Oh, they used it the, in the movie. Yes.
1: <laughs> Great. There is a... Uh, full naked, and um, I remember... frontal
0: nudity on I, the
1: bus. And No, well, I remember my math teacher just laughing because the line afterwards is Zach Elkvinakis' character saying,
0: you, it seems like you had a, an excellent high school experience. It's just really great to imagine this. And then think about you attending Northwestern University, which is not exactly an easy school to get into.
1: The Okay. Um, I, I feel like I'm going to need to cut most of that out. Um, feel free. Now, the other question I had for us to discuss before we actually get started on these movies or talking about these movies is... What do you think people's relationship is to Bradley Cooper right now? Because he is a household name. Yes, he is an A-lister. A twelve-time
0: Oscar nominee.
1: He's a twelve-time Oscar nominee. He has brought in the box office multiple times. He is a director of his own, right? And also, multiple directors want to work with him. Multiple. Uh. uh I, I don't necessarily. Know if prestige is the right word, but notable uh, name directors I mean, Paul certainly. Thomas Anderson, Guillermo del Toro, David uh, Russell, clen yes. Eastwood, um, um, Steven Spielberg wants Steven to.
0: Spielberg. Todd Phillips, who I mean, yes. not really, I would say, not an esteemed director, but.
1: He is a best director nominee. Uh,
0: he does have a best director nomination, and he, he directed some of the most successful comedies of an era, one of which, of course, we're talking about today, so. Certainly a notable director, and not just like a nameless studio face.
1: Bradley Cooper is also Rocket Raccoon.
0: And he is Rocket Raccoon.
1: Who is one of the most beloved parts of the MCU.
0: Honestly, good for him getting in... With Guardians of the Galaxy, movies that are almost universally beloved by fans of the MCU, and for a lot of people outside of it, the movies that they like from the MCU, but also only committing himself to voice work and not having to make a bajillion cameos <laughs> across movies and TV shows, so he can be in the MCU and keep doing all the other stuff that he wants to do.
1: But That's that, That's the question. What do you think people think of when the words Bradley Cooper are spoken?
0: Honestly, I think he's at a point in his career where they're not thinking about a certain part. I think there are plenty of people who think about him as either Rocket Raccoon or maybe the (laughs) Jackson Maine from A Star Is Born. Like those are some of his most visible roles of recent memory.
1: They might think of him as the guy from The Hangover still, but
0: yeah, there's a chance that people still think of him from The Hangover. But I think what's interesting about him is he is just a true blue star at this point, and and we don't we we like there's a lot of discussion about how we don't have a ton of movie stars anymore and bradley cooper is trying to forge a path as sort of an old-fashioned movie star where he's now writing and directing films of his own he's been producing for a long time but he also has this background uh, not just in comedy where a lot of the movies in the first half of his career are straight up comedies but also in tv like his first really big role was, alias. A, was an alias yeah um and he he, in, he's like been in, he was in a lot of yes. TV in the first portion of his career before movies like Wedding Crashers and The Hangover really made him executive
1: producer up. on the Limitless TV show and he appeared in several episodes of that as well. So it, it, it's also recent that he's been on TV. I mean, he appeared in the Netflix sequel, uh, White Hot American Summer, 10 years later.
0: Yeah, I mean, White Hot American Summer is the first movie he's ever in, which again is very like... I've never seen it. It's it's a movie I want to rewatch because okay. it's it's got a weird sense of humor and the guy who directed it is David Wayne and his movies often have this sort of off kilter sense of humor but it's so funny to go back and see him in it and, and with all these like awesome comedy people but. You gotta love that he also came back for those Netflix shows that you were talking about. They did two series on Netflix, and it looks like he was only in one of them. But um, they did. It's called Wet Hot American Summer: First Day of Camp, in which they it's like a prequel to that movie fifteen years later, which is they're all playing the same characters. (laughs) Yeah, and it's very intentional. So
1: the but but he's not a movie star in the way that Leonardo DiCaprio was a movie star. He's not a movie star in the way that Tom Cruise is a movie star. And yet, all three.
0: I would say he's. He is closer to Cruz than DiCaprio. Because DiCaprio has really focused his efforts on his acting. And he does a lot of producing, of course, but DiCaprio, like he is an actor through and through. He's not a writer. I'm sure he collaborates with the writer on set. He
1: will frequently either help rewrite or ask for rewrites on his material. Right. And I mean the
0: biggest stars get to do that. But he's, you know, he's not a director, he's not a writer, he's not working in theater. Like Leo is one of the last true movie stars. Tom Cruise, I don't believe
1: in the word true.
0: That's fine. I don't really care. Uh, Tom Cruise is, yes, like primarily known as an actor, but he's also one of the most influential producers in Hollywood, which we've seen with Top Gun Maverick and the Mission Impossible but franchise.
1: Here's the thing, though. Tom Cruise does produce and is focused on large scale blockbusters for the most part. I mean, to, to say that he dislikes streaming is an understatement at this point.
0: A real believer in the theatrical experience, Tom Cruise.
1: Bradley Cooper is is helping forge his own path, but he Maestro is 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 like a is is a big movie in its own right, but it's yeah, it's and, focused
0: right, and that's why I say I think he's he's trying to be a sort of classical movie star, where
1: like a Robert Redford might be yeah, closer. Yeah,
0: Redford came up as a star, had a lot, like he had all. He's so handsome, never known as the best like technically skilled actor but had a persona knew how to play it and then he moved into making movies and he made best picture winners he made box office successes and i think that's the path that cooper is trying to forge for himself especially when you think about the two movies he's directed which i know we'll talk about more as this month goes on but he's making these movies where he is either a where he's (laughs) he's a musician you know he's not an action hero he's not going back to broad comedy he's not a superhero even if he is rocket raccoon like he is playing these classical parts biopics like leonard bernstein or grizzled alcoholic jackson Maine, the country star you know he's trying those to... are
1: very technical performances right those are exceedingly technical performances and it is fun to look at the evolution because the uh wedding crashers is not the most technical but i would say it is thought out it, there there is a a way of threading the needle almost in, in what you see with his character in wedding crashers and with his character in the hangover and honestly his character in the hangover a tad bit technical and there's i i, I would say that you can see a little bit how the man from the hangover became jackson Maine,
0: absolutely that that i agree with you you can see uh one of the coolest parts about the hangover if you can allow me to get into the review a little bit early because i know we're we're about to start but
1: i like it, both can, these movies these movies are great, yeah, these movies and, are but great. Like,
0: in in the hangover specifically like you can see the star being born um and i'm not just talking about zach galifianakis you know bradley cooper also has this moment where he gets it's it's not like a true blue leading role because obviously he's sharing the screen with Ed Helms and Zach Galifianakis, but uh, as like what would that be? Limitless. Um, yeah, Limitless might be his big like
1: his first big leading role. Yeah. I, I I mean obviously Silver Linings Playbook completely changed him,
0: and that's tw- that's 2012, right after Limitless.
1: But I would also say American Sniper did something for him. American Sniper made bank. It is. Resting solely on his performance, it is. Um, yes, there are controversial aspects of the movie. I haven't rewatched it since I, close to when it came out. Actually, no, that's not true. I watched it um, when I got graduated college. But he's he's incredible in that film, and it is one for the first time where the movie's okay just letting him do the work.
0: Yeah, I mean working with Clint Eastwood too. You know he's. The kind of director who just like has made a million movies, acted in a million more, and knows exactly what he wants and exactly how to do it. And there's a great working relationship between the two of them on that movie where Cooper is like in character as Chris Kyle, but he's not like overly flowery with it. Obviously, with Eastwood directing, you're not gonna be allowed to do that. (laughs) So there is this great relationship of Eastwood working economically as he often does with this. Patriotic story, shall we say, a story of an American soldier um, that Eastwood had. You know, he's made multiple movies like that in different time periods, and but this one really centering on Cooper's performance. You know, so it makes it different from some of those more ensemble war films he made in the past.
1: I might try to rewatch American Sniper before the end of the month. I I feel like it is it warranting of me rewatching it. Okay, let's talk about uh, the 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 backgriing information regarding these movies. So, Wedding Crashers was written by Steve Faber and Bob Fisher is directed by David Dobkin. It stars Owen Wilson, Vince Vaughn, Christopher Walken, Rachel McAdams, Isla Fisher, and then Bradley Cooper. Yes. He is the one, two, three, four, five. He is the sixth lead in this movie. And not a lead.
0: Right. 2005,
1: 2005. And it made $288.5 million at the box office.
0: It's cool that we're talking about both of these movies together because... Wedding Crashers is really credited with reviving the popularity of R-rated comedies in this, you know, in the USA. Um, and The Hangover is kind of the culmination of this period of comedies because it is the biggest box office success. It wins a couple awards, and obviously there was also the Judd Apatow and Adam McKay era that gets ushered in, at like around this time, um, sort of kicking off at the same time period, and then they're more dominant in the 2010s, at so the early part of the decade. So, it is really interesting that we're talking about these two, because one kind of kicks off a trend, and then one is sort of like the apex of that trend.
1: The Hangover. The Hangover comes out in 2009. So, it's written by John Lucas and Scott Moore. It is directed by Todd Phillips, and it stars an ensemble of Bradley Cooper, Ed Helms, Zach Galifianakis, Heather Graham, Justin Bartha, and Jeffrey Tambor, but to a much, much lesser extent. Yes. And And notably,
0: Bradley Cooper's name comes first
1: on that cast list Bradley Cooper's name does indeed come first in this cast list now this movie made on a budget of $35 million and it had a box office of $469.3 million I would say obviously that The Hangover is more famous right now than Wedding Crashers however also you know Wedding Crashers people have seen that movie it has name recognition The Hangover has name recognition and it, I put this on the outline as well. They are time capsule movies. They are not timeless.
0: No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, they're not. <laughs> but they really, really encapsulate what, uh, what we thought was funny.
0: Right. I mean, these two movies are rated, I, I would say bro comedies, but not necessarily exclusive to the bros. <laughs> I mean, Wedding Crashers has some sentimentality to it. There, there's a real romance that's at the center of that movie, you know, uh, and The Hangover, what's interesting about that is that it's a very broad comedy about these guys in Vegas, but also kind of a mystery, you know, they're trying to solve it's, what happened during their crazy night in Vegas and find their friend that they lost. It's a concept.
1: It's a concept that probably has been done before of like one crazy night. It's a concept that has been done... Oh, yeah. it, it's, it's a redoing of, like, the One Crazy Night idea. I mean,
0: even specifically, the One Crazy Night in Vegas. Yes. Like, we've had movies like that before, but it provides a unique spin to make it about trying to retrace their steps, figure out what they did, and deal with the consequences while looking for their lost friend.
1: Which one do you pick? Leaving Las Vegas or The Hangover? <laughs> Tough question,
0: Christian. Uh, I'll have to sit with that one.
1: Well, well one movie i I'm never going to watch again.
0: And one movie you'll probably watch several more times before you expire. <laughs> well, here's That movie's f- Living Las Vegas. 100%. Um,
1: yeah, Look, but- Living
0: Las Vegas, great movie. Also incredibly difficult to watch. Featuring uh, Nicolas Cage at the center, it's self-immolating uh, through alcoholism and a poor Elizabeth shoe, trying to rescue him in a way. And the Hangover is a really funny comedy. <laughs> So, which one am I going to watch more? Probably the one that I've already watched more. That is The Hangover.
1: Okay. Let's go into our opening question. But first, a sip from our sponsor today, which is not Bud Light, because that would be great, but they're not.
0: (laughs) I don't know, Christian. Certain parts of the internet might try to cancel us if Bud Light sponsored our podcast.
1: Opening question. Bradley Cooper, in this stage of life, had some notable roles in comedy stables of the 21st century. They're raunchy, they're in the lexicon, and they're time capsules of society. So, this is Bradley Cooper month. We are tapping the Bradley Cooper keg. Where do Bradley Cooper's comedic chops shine? We're going to start by talking about what it is that he is doing right within these performances. And uh, not which one is better, Wedding Crashers or The Hangover, even though I would say that I prefer The Hangover. I'm saying more so... Did you like him when he was to the side in Wedding Crashers, or did you like him when he was front and center in The Hangover?
0: So, my preference, both in movie and in Bradley Cooper performance, is The Hangover. Yeah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I do still, I do like Wedding Crashers, um, but especially asking... They're asking two very different things of him. Yes. Wedding Crashers is asking him to be the a-hole boyfriend who everybody wants to punch in the face until Vince Vaughn finally does at the end of the movie. Whereas in The Hangover...
1: They're kind of asking him to be the asshole friend who who is still sentimental and is a douchebag and you hate him but also you kind of want to be him who
0: which yeah i mean zach galifianakis's character alan it literally copies him like, throughout the movie um and you really do see this this more realistic guy where wedding crashers it's a comedy so you buy some of the setup but like a, a person like rachel mcadams like her character in that movie would not be dating a guy like Sack Lodge in real life. But in The Hangover, you kind of know guys like Phil. Or, or at least you've encountered them or you've heard stories about them, you know? Yeah, <laughs> And yeah. you also know... I have a couple Phils in my life. There you go. And despite how big of a douche he can be, you also know that he's loyal to his friends and that he wants them to, to win as much as he wants to win or have fun as much as he wants yeah. to have fun.
1: The... the- one of the broiest moments in this this movie is for the bros, by the way. These movies are for the bros. One of the broiest moments in this movie is when uh, they uh, what was it, Zach Efronakis who discovered the tiger first? He <laughs> discovers the tiger and he's like, "There's a tiger in the bathroom." And Bradley Cooper, and I have to say, Bradley Cooper shirtless in this in order to showcase that he is a very good looking dude, handsome fella, handsome fella, goes into an Opens the door of the bathroom and goes, whoa, there is, holy shit, there's a tiger. <laughs> Can I have blink yourself in a Christian?
0: Yeah, that, um, the hangover, like, part of the reason it's, it, even though there are elements of it that have not aged well, which I'm sure we'll talk about, the structure of the movie and so many of the individual scenes have aged perfectly, and that, that moment of them waking up in their hotel room and the camera just sort of pans around the room and all these scenes of destruction (laughs) culminating in not even culminating in a tiger like there's more after it but but galifianakis wanders in starts using the restroom and like looks over to a tiger recognizes it continues peeing and then has a double take where he's like wait a second it's just such a good moment in a very funny scene
1: now let's. Wedding Crashers came first. Let's talk a little bit about Wedding Crashers. The 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 way in which I'm structuring this is very loose because these movies don't have much to do with each other. They're just movies that are funny.
0: I mean, yeah, they're they're more like related, like in the way that I was saying. That's how they're related, and like yes. part of the R-rated comedy boom. But there's not a, like their structure and the way that they make their comedy unique is definitely different and that, that's yes. also with the guys at the center of the movies too. oh my too.
1: goodness so remember when remember when owen wilson and vince Vaughn would make several movies together for a long period of time
0: i i was thinking about what other movies they made together. isn't it
1: the google one yeah <laughs>
0: that i was thinking about the internship but i was trying to because i never saw that so i can't really speak to the internship but i was trying to think of what else they did because they have such good chemistry in this movie, and I'm trying to think yeah. about
1: the open... oh they made um
0: Yumi and Dupree. Uh, oh wait, no, that's just that was uh, that was Matt Dillon. Yeah, Matt Dillon. That's Owen Wilson. But I'm <laughs> trying to think if they made any other movies because I I don't think they did. But they felt like such an iconic pair because of Wedding Crashers
1: the opening one of the openings in wedding crashers where it's the compilation of all the weddings that they're crashing as they sh- as the as the song shout plays and as they're dancing with the women and then it's like a cut from them dipping them to them throwing them on bed that's such a fun scene
0: <laughs> yeah it's it's hard to talk about wedding crashers because so much of that movie is would be considered quote unquote problematic now <laughs> including this scene where they yes! are they are attending weddings for for couples of various ethnicities, often adopting that ethnicity for the wedding, including yep. like an Indian wedding, yep. I'm pretty sure, yep. among others. And it all ends with them getting these women into bed. But like you're saying, it is such a it's it is so, such a fun it's So sequence.
1: energetic! It's
0: energetic. They're like the the way sh- like the sequence is like cut together flows really well, and you get a great sense of these two absolute loser a <laughs> holes who crash weddings to pick up women with sob stories. Um, you get such a sense of who they are and their buddy chemistry together.
1: So, so this movie is the story that comes from one of the weddings that they crash, and it goes into a chemistry, a romance that Owen Wilson strikes wants to strike up with Rachel McAdams in it, and it goes into a little bit the romance that Vince Vaughn strikes up with Isla, <laughs> Isla Fisher. Oh my! Isla goodness. Fisher. I put that in the outline. Isla Fisher needed her own category. Did I not put that in the outline? Um,
0: no, yeah, she does. Yeah, she has her own category, as does Zach Galifianakis. Two redheads who absolutely dominate their respective movies.
1: Okay, look. Isla Fisher has been in other movies, I know. But you see what she did in 2005. And it's I, I think it's similar because, yes, Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, their chemistry is undeniable together. And Rachel McAdams, I really liked what she's doing in this movie. She's really good here. But I leave this down like Bradley Cooper and Isla Fisher, those two, those two make this movie for me.
0: I mean, yeah, Isla Fisher is so funny, and she's been in so many funny movies. Like she's in Hot Rod, which is <laughs> is not was not a blockbuster, definitely more beloved to like high schoolers like myself. Wait, is that the, the Andy Samberg one? Yes, yes it is. Uh, and but she is good in that. She's really good in again. Not a, a movie that not a lot of people like saw or loved but did you see the movie Tag? It was like 2018.
1: It's the one with Jeremy Renner, right? Yes. I've never seen it.
0: It is, it's one that I think is a little bit underrated especially as these big studio comedies go. It wasn't, it was like a minor success but she's really good in that, like really funny in that and she's made all kinds of movies Like, but she is so funny in Wedding Crashers. Her character, if you've not seen Wedding Crashers, like,
1: I'm not just another notch on your belt. Yeah. <laughs> Where she...
0: The the great, like, turn is that Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson have these practiced sob stories that they use on women at weddings to get laid. And they end up at the wedding that, uh, where they meet Rachel McAdams and, and Isla Fisher. And uh, Gloria is Isla Fisher's name. Gloria kind of gets with um, Vince Vaughn's character. And she's playing up the fact that she's never been with a guy before. She's still a virgin. And, like, oh, my gosh, that was so crazy. And she like... Falls in love with him, kind of gets obsessed with him, which we later find out was her playing him. She wasn't a virgin. (laughs) Oh, I'm (laughs) not a
1: virgin. I just thought that's what guys wanted to hear. Exactly.
0: And the way that she, the way that she pulls the wrong guy from under him and turns the tables on him is so funny.
1: Okay, Bradley Cooper is 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 just tackling people. It's just tackling. Well, tackling Vince Vaughn. I mean, they're playing football. Are they
0: not? (laughs) Okay.
1: He no no no. He's tackling him like a missile. Like, he just, like, headbutts him, and he, like, reels back,
0: and, like, it's, I mean, it's incredible. Let's, let's even talk about, like, the, the his relationship to the family, because this is not just any family they've run into. Rachel McAdams and Isla Fisher are the daughters of A the Secretary Walken. of the Treasury, who's played by Christopher Walken. So they're this upper-class New England family. And Cooper is playing uh, Zachary Lodge, a.k.a. Sack Lodge, <laughs> who is the boyfriend to Rachel McAdams' character. And he is this like perfectly played archetype of total douchebag, New England like lawyer guy, who is like over the course of the movie becomes even more of a jerk to Rachel McAdams. And you feel so bad for her because she's such a sweet and genuine person. You okay,
1: know? But here's what I love, though. So, um, Zach Lodge cheats on her a lot and talks about how he's cheating on her and everyone hears how he's cheating on her, but she breaks up with him because she realizes he's a douchebag without there being a big reveal scene of how he's been cheating on her and that's what causes her to go away. I kind of love that choice.
0: Yeah, I mean, he, it's it's like relying on this sort this sort of idea of a marriage that we've seen in other movies where rich families, the, the woman is kind of trapped in this loveless marriage, and the yes. husband sleeps around on her, cheats on her. And it's playing on those types yes. of stereotypes. And you might expect it to go that way, where like she finds out and breaks up with him in this big show, but... It, it's, it not, never, it's
1: not that. Yeah, it never comes to but her. this movie also feels kind of... Th- this movie is episodic. Really, where it's like you have yes, scene of them crashing weddings, and then wedding crashing season ends, and there's another wedding that they go crash. Right. And the, then the
0: big like sound for yes. the movie is it's the wedding of the season or whatever. It's The
1: wedding of the season, and then afterwards they get invited to to spend time with them at an island, and then after that we have um, them going back, and it's like several months later, and he's depressed, and then after that we discover that Vince Vaughn's character is getting married, and that's. It's, it's, it literally is like, things are just happening. I mean,
0: it's, it's a very clear three-act structure, where this first act is them, I mean, the first act being the shortest, perhaps, sure. but it's them going about their wedding season. I mean, there is an opening scene of them doing their job as divorce mediators, which is pretty funny.
1: Which never, it never goes back to it. Yeah,
0: never goes back to their job, but we just get a, a taste of it. Nice. We get a taste of it, yes. But then it goes into that montage you were talking about, where they're meeting all these women at weddings, and then they get to this final wedding, and they get invited to go to the island, and so we're off to Act Two. And Act Two is with the Clearys, this rich family.
1: I, I would I would say that normally not there's a lot of time that that passes in in the in the timeline of this movie between Acts Two and Act Three yeah, And you, oh, yeah, there and it's, you like, normally don't get that much time right. between them. In
0: Act 2, you know, like you're saying, it, it ends in this place where um, Owen Wilson's crushing on Rachel McAdams. He's sad to find out she's yes. dating Zack Lodge, who's a total loser. But it ends in a place where, like, they're not getting together. And he, he kind of, like, blows things up. And he and Vaughn have a, they have a buddy fight, fall out of favor with each other. But then all these months go by, and we get to zoom ahead in the future for Act 3. It, it's Let's... That's... The way the script is set up, at least. Which is... It, it works. It still works.
1: Let's talk a little bit about uh, The Hangover. Let's go into the plot for The Hangover. Now, The Hangover the is wonderful. And it starts with... Um, so, it starts with Justin Bartha's... No, uh, oh, it starts with... Who's marrying Justin Bartha again? She's barely in the movie.
0: Uh, well, I mean... So, Justin Bartha's Doug. Doug is marrying... Um, what is her name? Uh, I know the actress is Sasha Baris, but... Oh, Tracy. Doug is marrying Tracy. So
1: it starts off with Tr- Tracy planning for this wedding. And then she gets a call, and automatically we cut to Bradley Cooper and the boys Bradley in Vegas. Cooper's face,
0: front and center.
1: Cut lip. Yeah. Looks like he's been through hell, saying, We effed up... uh she goes what do you mean he's like he's not gonna make it and she goes we're getting married in a couple hours yeah that's not gonna happen (laughs) which is and then we get the flashback to like how they're planning this this um bachelor party in vegas getting the gang together to go to vegas the
0: fantastic setup of doug his awkward brother-in-law alan who's played by zach galifianakis the a-hole friend phil who's bradley cooper and then the sort of like Overly cautious guy with the mean girlfriend, <laughs> played by Ed Helms.
1: Well, I mean, for your bachelor party, I know some of your wedding party, and I'm assuming it was also a weird pairing of people.
0: It, it was. It was a... It, my bachelor party was a little bit weird, because it was guys coming from all over the country, and we were all young and poor and couldn't really do anything <laughs> super fun, so we, we just kind of went out and had uh, a, a fun night before the wedding, but... Very, uh, very different from the sort of classic guys bachelor party in Vegas.
1: Now, this is also the epitome. Well, this, like you said, it's a mystery. They need to figure out why the tigers there. Not really why the tigers there. They need to figure out where Doug is. Right. Doug is dog. Doug. Doug is gone. They need to figure out why there's a baby there. Actually, they don't. They just take the baby with them. Carlos. They figure <laughs> out that one of them got married. They're figuring...
0: <laughs> I mean, there there is just an unbelievable amount of reveals in these first few moments after they wake up where it's, if you haven't seen the movie, yet, you know, we don't mean to spoil them all, but, but like, it's, it's not only we have to find Doug, it's also like, where did this tiger come from? How do we get it back to where it needs to go? Whose baby is this? How do we get this baby back to where he needs to go? Why do we have a police car? <laughs>
1: why are there, like, and the receipts, when they find the receipts in their pockets.
0: What what happened to, um, oh my gosh, what's what, Stu? What happened to Stu's tooth? <laughs> why, like, why is he missing a tooth? There's all these, these crazy setups that they, uh, for lack of a better word, set up after the night in Vegas that we see absolutely none of. It's, it's such a nice little moment. Like Kudos to Todd in, Phillips in as a closing filmmaker. closing
1: credits, you do. Yes, a of course bit. you
0: do. The, the iconic credit sequence now. But shout out to Todd Phillips, honestly, because they're having this sort of like, they get on the roof of their hotel, they're, da- they're taking shots, they're like, let's have a crazy night, woo! And then instead of going to their crazy night in Vegas, Phillips just like holds the same shot, and you see a time lapse of night going into the day, and the sun coming up, and you say to yourself, wait a second... Where, I thought we were going to go have where? fun in Vegas. And then it cuts back to their hotel room where they're all rising from the wreckage of the night before.
1: Okay. Mike Tyson appears as himself. Indeed he does. This, this beautiful snippet from Wikipedia. Tyson originally refused to appear in the film, but he changed his mind when he found out that Todd Phillips directed Old School, which Tyson liked. Tyson later said that working on the film convinced him to change his lifestyle.
0: Yeah, apparently he was going through some drug problems, or maybe maybe drinking. Like it was something he was having a substance and, problem, and going through this helped him. But, uh, yeah, working, working on around. *The Hangover*. was like I can <laughs> do, do this anymore. <laughs> okay. If, if anything, *The Hangover* yes. is a cautionary tale uh, about uh, why you should not have, uh, why you should not do drugs and <laughs> binge drink, and, and I mean, uh, etc.
1: I'm. I have. I've told you I'm the best man for my friend's wedding, right?
0: I don't know if you have. Congratulations. Oh, thank you.
1: <laughs> and I realize that I'm supposed to be planning some stuff. Yeah. Um Plan
0: the Bachelor Party, Christian. You going to Vegas? Uh
1: no, I think we're going to the Keys.
0: Okay. This is a Florida friend. Uh
1: this is a Florida friend, but he lives in Nashville now. Um, but but uh,
0: and you're not doing the Bachelor Party in Nashville.
1: We are not doing the Bachelor Party in Nashville. I think he's going to be with family already or like in florida and so we're going to take the opportunity to grab him and go to the keys okay that's fair um but yes so you know wild nights out in in in, in key west or key largo
0: i would recommend yes that you don't do memory erasing drugs and get into uh, criminal shenanigans because that's what they do in this movie
1: okay here's the thing why did they have the bachelor party the night before the wedding
0: so they had the bachelor party two nights before the wedding
1: oh you're right
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's it,
1: the best laid plans you know um <laughs> foiled <laughs> foiled by a mishap
0: uh, <laughs> and a
1: but, losing Doug. But let's talk about Bradley Cooper in this movie. Let's do it. Bradley Cooper's amazing in this movie. He is really good. He is. He he is leading. Like, it is an ensemble. And it is mainly him and Ed Helms. If there's a supporting actor in the ensemble, it's definitely Zach Galifianakis. But Bradley Cooper is, is yes, he's trying to play it cool, which makes him one of the most comped individuals. He's also the one kind of making the shots and telling people what to do. Yo, he, um... Like the way his heart breaks when he does kind of realize what he's done to his friend, is is like that soft realization of like, man, I, I it, it's 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 funny, and we're also laughing at this man's misery.
0: And yes, but it it also like gets at what is so good about Cooper yes. as an actor, where Phil could just be like an a hole. And you know, Sack Lodge and Wedding Crashers, he doesn't have a ton of screen time. Like he just has to be the jerk boyfriend. But he gets to refine that persona so that Phil is both the, like, a-hole friend who steals money from his students and, like, can't wait to ditch his wife and son to go to Vegas, but he's also a real person. Like, he's a real character, a a recognizable kind of guy who really does genuinely care about his friends and who can, who, even though he's skeptical of him at first, can bond with an awkward guy like Alan by the end of the movie, you know? It is, a, it is certainly a good performance, not just because he's really funny in a really funny movie, but also because there's a real sense of chemistry between him and Ed Helms and Zach Galifianakis. And, there and he is a, couple, a real character.
1: And there are a couple moments when the when the camera just kind of rests on Cooper's face, whether he's making a phone call or just, like, observing something that's happened. And you do... Like, he, I, he has a face that makes you, like, lean in and be like, what's this guy gonna say? Or it... it, it there, there's like a believability, and part of that has to do with... Cooper's a very intense actor. Like, he's doing things at 150%. I mean, in Wedding Crashers, he's doing them at like 8,000%. <laughs> but in The Hangover, you, you... Like, despite like the coolness and the suaveness, there's definitely a... Honestly, uh, this has been said about Brother Cooper in the past. I am just going to repeat it, though. There's like an anger there. There's an anger, there's an intensity, there's a high, 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 high energy. And he just propels the movie forward he really really does it's definitely been one of its strengths and you can understand why in the hangover he's tailor-made for it
0: It, it's it is a refining of what he's doing in wedding crashers which is partially why i prefer the hangover you know i mean i do i do like Owen wilson i do like vince vaughn but i really like bradley cooper and well, I mean, obviously, it, he's not the only reason the Hangover works, and
1: like Zach Galifianakis is amazing. Zach
0: Galifianakis is amazing, and he really is. He exploded after this movie, where he had been oh my working. Goodness. He had been working in comedy, and he had made a, you know bit part appearances in movies. He had done some stand up specials, but like, it got real for him <laughs> after the Hangover, and like Ed Helms had The Office going on too, so. These three guys became so much bigger deals after this movie. But Galifianakis, he he steals the movie because he's so funny. And he gets he all the best lines being the awkward friend. Like when they arrive at Caesar's palace, he asks the woman working at the desk, checking them in, did, like, is this Caesar's real palace? Like, did Caesar And <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no. Um, or... he will just have so many, like perfectly awkward and hilarious reactions to things <laughs> like there's this this whole little subplot with Stew at Helm's character who ends up marrying uh, another woman at like a Vegas chapel who ends up being played by Heather Graham and he is freaking out, because his girlfriend is very mean to him, and he knows... His that,
1: girlfriend, who everyone keeps pointing out, had already cheated on him before. Yeah,
0: but they're still together, and he's he lying together. to her about going to Vegas, and so he knows... and he, But he has this ring from his family, like, from his grandmother, that apparently, like, she kept, like, through the Holocaust or something. Like, it's got this real meaning to him, and... He refers to it as his grandmother's Holocaust ring later in the movie, to which Alan replies, "I didn't know they gave out rings at the
1: Holocaust." Oh, which is yeah, like the...
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't always want to make those kinds of jokes, but it, like he is Galvanaga lands it, but... and it's he has so many good, good like individual lines throughout this like very hilarious performance.
1: And, and I mean, that it's that, also true a good chunk of time for comedy movies. Normally, the leading actor is the one who's needing to play it kind of straight. But the supporting actor is the one who's unhinged. I mean, unless you're watching All About Steve.
0: All About Steve. Quite a film. Um, It is a movie. Featuring Bradley Cooper's acting talents. And Sandra Bullock's acting talents as well. Uh,
1: (laughs) It's a a movie that could not be made today. None of Um, these three movies could be made today
0: no uh, <laughs> All About Steve wouldn't get made because it's about a woman who stalks a man and that woman is Sandra Bullock and she stalks Bradley Cooper and like
1: like, and we're not just talking about like ha, 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 she's no she she takes cross country road trips to find this man
0: uh, All About Steve has a very poor reputation and you should not watch the movie listeners because that poor reputation is it's well correct. deserved it, it is, is very it's correct, correct. I, w- I only watched it because it is streaming on max right now mm-hmm. and when we do these like actor focused months i really do try to check out some of the movies that i've missed over the years and i mean we did viola davis in the past and i watched some kind of junky movies to like to see some of her earlier supporting parts
1: and you wanted to watch the masterpiece of of horrors that was all about steve
0: and i did want to watch the masterpiece of horrors that was all about steve so now i can say i have seen all about steve and i'm the kind of person who has a morbid curiosity about famously bad movies yes so, I don't recommend but, All About Steve.
1: But was it funny bad for you? No. You, oh. there,
0: There is, I think, I can think of one specific moment where I had a good, honest laugh. And that that was three seconds in a movie that is about an hour and 30-some minutes. Like, maybe an maybe hour 40. Uh, so, yeah, don't watch All About Steve. Do watch right. Wedding Crashers and the Hangover. Which, yeah. you know, as we've mentioned, have some problematic elements to the to, to like, now. So Wedding
1: Crashers <laughs> has the racist grandma. Uh
0: Wedding Crashers does have a racist grandma.
1: Who keeps so she she refers to the family's gay son in a specific manner.
0: Uh yeah, his whole that guy's whole character is is is, is, not, is not great and, I mean look like it's it's not just like they make fun of the gay character and it's and i don't like it because of xyz it's like this poor guy is portrayed a, in a very like creepy and uncomfortable way because he is the gay son or like the gay brother and he, like, hits on Vince Vaughn's
1: character. Gets into bed with him when he's and, tied up. Yeah. It's not... Yeah.
0: Like, there there is a whole sequence in here that, like, yeah. doesn't ruin the movie. Okay. But, it like, Vince Vaughn's yeah. character has... Uh, he and Gloria have an interaction that he does not consent to. And then <laughs> the brother shows up. And they play it for laughs. I've, and the...
1: the when... The, there is a really funny moment, though, when Christopher Walken goes, You know... We've we've been thinking, and I think the American public might be receptive to our situation. And he goes, what's our, in what situation is that, dad? And I was like, <laughs> like, and that, that is funny, but they're, they're like, the, 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 the thing with these movies is that there are tropes put in at specific types of characters, um, that, that are playing on a history of how you would view a gay son or even here." um, there, Ken Jong's character <laughs> it's is uh, disastrous. <laughs> is like I would say I still laughed, but but it is it, it it's something that is definitely done at the expense. Yeah, and, and like and, he's
0: and, he's playing Mr. Chow, this like gangster esque yeah. character, but Ken Jong, who is an American actor, is yeah. affecting this. Really bad, like, Chinese accents, uh, yeah. accents in English. When his henchmen don't, like, they have American accents, so it's totally unnecessary. And it, it's it's just, it takes you out of the movie for a
1: second. Um, but here, yeah. here here is another interesting thing, though. We, we both like No Hard Feelings, which came out last year. And yes, we do. No Hard Feelings was given some slack because of the age difference that occurred. Or-
0: not given slack in fact given flack
1: was given some flack <laughs> because of I'm so sorry English was not my first language <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, you know, I didn't say anything about that I, I, you've corrected me
0: before I'm just doing you a surface but yes, it yeah. was criticized for the age difference between, between Jennifer Lawrence, Lawrence and Andrew, Andrew Feldman. Yeah. And I think they actually address that in the movie, like where they resolve that movie. And, but that's,
1: that, and that's kind of the crutch that comedy movies have made nowadays, where they go, we can still be offensive as long as we acknowledge that we're being offensive. And it, it I mean, I'm only pointing that out to say comedy movies have evolved. Right. Now, um. Look... I've said multiple times how much I love The Gentleman and, and you have many issues which are, you know, well-earned issues because of the offensive nature of The Gentleman, which I think that they point out in them. So it, it is comedy because of how, yes, appropriately we are trying to showcase respect towards different individuals and different identities that they have, have just changed Whereas beforehand, people did not think that they needed to focus on any of those things.
0: And with Wedding Crashers and The Hangover, yes, my my biggest problem with Wedding Crashers doesn't have anything to do with the content of the movie. My biggest problem with Wedding Crashers is just that it's too long. And like, Same. It, uh, it, yeah, it, that it, is
1: my issue. It, it drags a little
0: bit. It's over two hours long. I mean, The Hangover, a tight hour and 40, you know, and like... I, I do I like Wedding Crashers I really like The Hangover and despite that of course there are things about it that they're not funny now even though people were laughing in 2009 they are not I mean they're like that scene I was talking about in Wedding Crashers where both Gloria and the brother kind of have some inappropriate relations with Vince Vaughn <laughs> that was criticized in 2005 for not being okay you know But we can take these things in stride and comment on what we do like about these movies, where they're still funny, the chemistry between Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn, or between Cooper, Goff, and Helms, and where they're still funny and appreciate that, while also acknowledging there are things about it that aren't okay and that aren't funny, um, despite the fact that we were trying to laugh at them in 2009. And I think some people get tripped up over that, where it's like, Either we have to like throw out the movie because of it or the entire opposite where it's like, no, like we have to laugh even harder because it's like not woke or something like that. I don't agree in either sense. Like I really like The Hangover. It is a funny movie. It is a, it's, I I think it'll become a comedy classic. It's certainly 15 years later, still well regarded, but we can still say, look, there are things about it that are not okay and that's okay well like where the hangover kind of gets a pass over Wedding Crashers is that Wedding Crashers whole plot is about guys lying to women (laughs) like to get in bed with them whereas the hangover at least it's more like dialogue and bad jokes as opposed to the entire concept of the movie
1: but yes no 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 yeah 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 um okay those are most of my thoughts on the films. Uh, it will be interesting revisiting some of the other Bradley Cooper comedies as we move forward. I definitely Christian, want to watch What Hot American Summer. Yes.
0: Uh, yes, please do. I- I'm curious your thoughts on it. I-, I, do a- I do have a couple of questions for you yes. just to follow up these movies that we didn't get to. Yes. yes. Number one, how do you feel about Will Ferrell in Wedding Crashers? Chaz Reinhold himself, the, the original Wedding Crasher?
1: The fact that he is considered to be the man who can get the most women... And it's Will Ferrell. It is funny. (laughs) Will Ferrell, he is
0: uncredited in Wedding Crashers. Even though everybody knows now that he's in it. But uh, his scene, or like scenes with Owen Wilson... At at the like pit of Wilson's depression in that movie, he's
1: turned into a funeral crasher. He turns into a funeral
0: crasher, Uh, different type of emotion, you know, sad versus happy at the wedding. It gets them uh, even more reliant on you, and
1: And it's just it's not okay, but it's still hilarious. And the woman that he we see that he has just had sex with, like it turns out that her brother was the one who had died, and that was the funeral he'd attended. And I'm like, oh. That's a choice. Also,
0: the the there's an iconic gif of uh, Will Ferrell in his like red robe, kind of yeah. rocking his arms up and down, yelling for his mom to get the meatloaf. Just great stuff. Great stuff. And uh, speaking of the Hangover, yes, we oh there's someone in the cast I'm going to talk about, um,
1: Mike Epps.
0: Hey, shout out to Mike Epps, aka Black Doug,
1: Black Doug, who is
0: another man named Doug that they meet, but is not the Doug they're looking for. <laughs> Um,
1: Jeffrey Tambor?
0: Uh, yes. Uh, poor, Heather Graham. Poor pre-cancellation, Jeffrey Tambor. Uh, but yes, shout out to Heather Graham. What'd you make of her? Uh, especially because... Honestly, I loved her. Okay. I absolutely <laughs> loved her. I thought
1: she was fantastic she, uh, in this. She was
0: in a, a new movie last year oh, called... Yeah. Um, Oh my gosh! Suitable flesh that I liked yeah. and Christian uh, hated, <laughs> partially because of her performance. So no, it, it,
1: well,
0: I, I, I know mean, you had other problems with it. Let's not talk about it. I, I just knowing that you didn't like yeah. that movie that she starred, and I was curious about your thoughts on her here. But she's I'm she's incredible. I'm
1: glad you... The fact that she was like, we're married now. So happy you're a doctor when he's a dentist, and like that's right, the whole joke of yeah, the movie. Like there's a running joke, it, yeah. yeah,
0: where everyone's making fun of Stu because he keeps saying he's a doctor, but Phil will be like, Phil, You're a dentist, it's not the same. But then she's oh, the first person to they appreciate ch- that about him
1: when they check into the hotel and he goes, Oh, you put your name as doctor, whatever. It's like, a, Look, if someone's dying here, don't call him. Yeah. <laughs> Um, no, I thought Heather Graham was incredibly funny, especially during the um, the poker counting card scene and how she like pretends to faint and they go, "Oh no, she's my wife." Yeah.
0: Speaking <laughs> of iconic gifts, the Zach Galifianakis having like the math running yeah. behind him—that's that's where that comes from as well. Uh, shout out to the Hangover, a Golden Globe winner for, for Best, Best, Best Motion comedy? Picture Musical comedy. comedy. It's only a nomination that night, and it won. And I I forgot this until I looked it up last night. A BAFTA nominee. For best original screenplay. The Oscars didn't dare, but the Baptists, they did. And they honored them.
1: Over... I mean, I've spoken to you about this before uh, that, that uh, most comedies now have just morphed into superhero movies or franchise movies where, where they can try and find it in there.
0: Right. Like the the studio comedy in and of itself has not been nearly as popular over the last 10 years or yeah. so. Because superhero movies, like big action blockbusters with funny characters or funny get scenes or whatever.
1: You Thor, you get Rocket right. Raccoon, you right. get Hulk, who's like midway between Bruce Banner and Hulk. Yeah.
0: I am interested, especially like going back to these movies, which, yeah, there are parts about them that haven't aged super well in the 19 or 15 years since they came out. But still super funny with actors that we still love yeah. and, you know this whole era of comedies, like Will Ferrell, you know, was more with the Apatow and McKay's throw, but like Step Brothers and Talladega Nights and 40 year old Virgin with Steve Carell, like all those movies that people still love super bad, even with younger guys with Sarah and Jonah Hill. Um, But there hasn't been a new generation of comedy actors to come in and, and take up that baton partially because studios aren't putting resources there right now, but partially because there just haven't been the actors who have been, trying to make right. like big comedy stuff. Obviously there's been plenty of comedies, but with it's No also, Hard Feelings and Jennifer Lawrence and even something like Joyride, which went under the radar last year, didn't make it, like didn't make too much money at the box office, but was still a really funny comedy put out by a studio. I'm hoping that we can start to see these come back as there bigger is budgeted movies
1: such a thing though as prestige comedy. And prestige comedies have still been going on, have still been getting recognition. What
0: would you define as a prestige comedy?
1: Poor things. What? Poor things is considered a comedy.
0: Well, sure, but...
1: (laughs) I would say that it's a quote-unquote prestige comedy because it's it's, it's a type of autorish filmmaker making his mark or putting a statement onto something. Something like, um, Bardo is a comedy. And the
0: but the, they're like separate from the big broad studio comedy as we well think well
1: that that's what I'm saying that that comedies that are now being made that are finding their footing but find their footing elsewhere are prestige comedies which um and, and, and that's what I'm saying like they're not going for like dirty joke they're they, they,
0: <laughs> poor things to be fair um <laughs> has its fair share of yes it, it
1: it has. It, <laughs> It, but but it's but you know people use the words witty or or, or clever and not uh, <laughs> there's a tiger there you know like a uh, in terms of recognition for critical bodies it wasn't always it actually rarely ever the studio rated R comedy that would get it like way back when in the eighties when they were probably more more popular like Porky's. Porky's
0: did not get recognition by the Academy. <laughs> Bill Murray's fine work in that film uh, went or, or, underrecognized.
1: Or I mean, even something like Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I I love Ferris Bueller's Day Off. I, I wanted to maintain it as like the rated R comedy, but uh, comedies, whether or not they're in with different groups of people, do not get recognized by awards bodies or by certain members unless you can try and put in a label of it of like a, oh, it's a period drama. I'd like to correct myself.
0: Bur- Bill Murray was not in Porky's. My, my apologies to the listeners uh, for that.
1: I thought you were going to say my apologies to Bill Murray and I was going to be like, I'm sorry you were not in Porky's, <laughs> Bill Murray. <laughs> no,
0: but I mean, I know what you're saying. Um, it is funny when they do occasionally break through. Like, for example, we're talking about this big studio comedy, Bridesmaids is, uh... is one such film and it got nominated for a screenplay, and Melissa McCarthy, who is playing the, like, crazy side character. Like, she got nominated for an Oscar for her role in
1: Bridesmaids. Yo, let's not forget, Zach Galifianakis was in Birdman.
0: Zach Galifianakis was in Birdman, playing a distinctly different character. <laughs> and the rest of the people there! I mean, and that's what's cool, too, where... I love that Bradley Cooper began his career, at least his movie career, making a lot of comedies like this. And it wasn't the only thing that he did, but he did appear in not just the movies we've talked about, but something like The Comebacks, which is like a spoof movie about like a okay. sports team, The Rocker where uh, um Rain Wilson at the height of the office was that's, playing this like old like I, this rock star trying to begin his That's this not again.
1: necessarily Bradley Cooper's choice. Be- well, sure, because but- I mean Leonardo DiCaprio's first movie was Critters Three. Yeah, obviously it, it, it's like, a, and if you,
0: I'm he, just saying, that I, I still love that his career oh, began yes. this way because, like, you know, Zach Galifianakis also he's just like a he's he's funny. Maybe not going to win an Oscar someday, but still like a good actor. And Cooper obviously is a great actor, yes. but it comes from this this varied background that includes a lot of comedy work and getting like being good at comedy. In my opinion, often. Portends greater acting skill, and you've seen people make that jump from comedies into more dramatic roles successfully. And Cooper, like
1: Ali Wong in Beef, which he just won an Emmy for, or or um, yeah, uh, yes, the Sasha Baron Cohen getting the Oscar nomination for Trial of the Chicago Seven, which I is mean, one of his dramatic performances. When, we th- talked that to, is a man. Yeah, who mentioned
0: is, Steve Carell, yes. like he he was an anchorman and forty year old virgin, and he's gotten Oscar nominations now for
1: Foxcatcher, <laughs>
0: yeah. Uh, and so, seeing guys make that pivot is is exciting, especially when they can pull it off. And I love that that happened for Bradley Cooper because you can really see him like bursting out of the chrysalis as a movie star yes. in The Hangover. And even though his career, pivoted, you can't
1: teach being a movie star; it's something that eventually gets thrust upon you.
0: I mean, it's just something that you have. Like, you, there's there's some quote out there where it's like you're you're born a star. Uh, someone I I, don't, I shouldn't even mention it, but like. Cooper kind of moves away from comedies. Like, he makes a couple more Hangover movies, obviously, but they're mixed in with, like, much more serious movies, or,
1: like... I maintain that Silver Linings playbook is a rom-com.
0: It, it is... It is... Rom-com-ish, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's romantic dramedy is maybe uh, maybe what it would be best described as. But
1: throughout that entire movie, and even it's so. serious. It's dramatic. Okay, Sleepless in Seattle is so incredibly dramatic, and it's considered to be with the mother of most rom-coms. Eh, no.
0: No, When Harry Met Sally comes before Sleepless in Seattle, and before that there's a whole there's a whole legacy yes, uh, of America screwball
1: comics. comedies. Yeah. Yes, yes. But even so,
0: When Harry Met Sally, it's like it's even Nora Ephron like Yeah,
1: there, the there's but there's so much drama in When Harry Met Sally, and part of that drama comes from being mm-hmm. able to cut out the music.
0: And I mean, part of it is just that like a comic, like reflecting on the classical definition of a comedy being a movie that ends happily as opposed to a tragedy, uh, you know, a, a story that's So
1: playbook. Ends pretty
0: happily. Indeed it does. Okay, so romantic dramedy, we'll call it. But even so, he doesn't return to like something like The Hangover. He's making different types of movies after this. And I'd love to see him go back. I don't know if he will at this point. And we still get to see him be funny. Like in Licorice Pizza. He has a small <laughs> role as John Peters, who's a real Hollywood producer. And he is hysterical in only a couple of scenes. Obviously... He's really funny in all of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, doing his his vocal work uh, as Rocket Raccoon. So it's not that like comedy has vanished from his career, but he has uh, taken different roles since his he really burst through and became a, a movie star. So it's still really fun to go back and reflect on these movies from the beginning of his career. And but
1: but even the the we'll movies that he that he's making now, not many people are doing Jackson Maine. And, and, and um, Leonard Bernstein, sure, maybe some other actors are, are, are doing that type of work, but he is, um, he's, he is changing it up. He's spending many years in prep. He is doing things that takes a long time for other people to learn. His career is so incredibly varied that it's kind of incredible. And I agree with you. He's gotten to a point where his name means something without you just attributing one movie to it. Um, Ready to talk about what's coming up next week?
0: Let's do it. If you are wanting to revisit or maybe see these movies for the first time, Wedding Crashers and The Hangover, unfortunately, aren't streaming anywhere, at least that I know of, right now, but I know that they have streamed places in the past. I saw Wedding Crashers on Max for the first time a few months ago, so keep an eye out for them I'm sure they'll be back on a streaming service sometime soon now Christian we've we just spent a few minutes talking about how varied Mr. Cooper's career is where are we going next
1: next week all about Steve we are I can add that in
0: please don't please don't
1: next week we're going to be talking about Bradley Cooper in the more leading man as in the entire movie is banking on him kind of a role We're going to talk about American Sniper, which is currently streaming on Max. We're also going to talk, finally, at long last, about Silver Linings Playbook.
0: When did we talk about that on the show in the past? Was it a streaming recommendations episode?
1: It was a streaming recommendations episode. Okay,
0: so it got a few minutes of discussion, but not a full review.
1: Not a full review. So
0: this will be our opportunity to finally get to it.
1: I'm not going to lie, the way that I structured next week... It might just be Five Minutes in American Sniper.
0: (laughs) Uh, That'll be interesting. Obviously, uh, Silver Linings Playbook does come first. Gets him that Oscar nomination. And then American Sniper comes next.
1: Wait, was that his first Oscar nomination? It might have been. Yeah. Dang. Okay. Let's, Let's look, Christian. So Silver Linings Playbook.
0: Yeah. Silver Linings Playbook, Best Actor. After that, American Hustle, Best Supporting Actor, work with David R. Russell again. And then American Sniper comes along and he gets nominated as act, as actor and producer, because that movie was nominated for Best Picture.
1: He has been nominated as Lead Actor, Supporting Actor, Writer, and Producer. In both categories, Adopted writer, and
0: Original Screenplay.
1: Adopted and Original, and Producer. He's been nominated in five different categories
0: alas that elusive best director nomination he can't seem to to snag but i wouldn't be surprised
1: someday. if like in 15 years he got a best director nomination for something
0: uh, oh no i i i'm sure he will get a nomination someday um i we brought up robert redford before and i'm trying robert, trying to see he okay he so he won did for win, ordinary people he did win best director for ordinary people so not the uh, not the best uh comparison there because he did win but although funnily enough robert redford never won for his acting was only nominated once as an actor and for what movie for the sting which yeah. also won best picture sure
1: there. i mean i i've we've never talked about three days of the condor have we you've seen three days of the yeah, condor yeah. yes yeah. i love him in that movie He he's really good in that movie cool. yeah um so bradley cooper
0: next week Two Oscar-nominated roles, two, two movie star roles. box
1: office banging movies.
0: Yes, uh, and very interestingly, the you know romantic dramedy *Silver Linux Playbook* and *American war Sniper*, the like war drama biopic thing coming out around the time that superhero movies in the MCU are really taking off and starting to dominate at the box office. He is still participating in movies that are that feature zero superheroes and still make. Ridiculous amounts of money. So it'll be fun to dig into that next week on the show.
1: I mean, I am uh, I am curious. Uh, I'm trying to figure out how much money A Star Is Born made. Let's see. A Star Is Born made $436.2 million in a $36 million budget. Yeah. Yo, this man knows how to quadruple more your budget.
0: I mean, you got to be careful because for all of those movies, there's also a Serena which was a nice... Let's, uh, let's not talk
1: about Serena. Let's nice
0: not... uh, $25 million budget, $5 million box office kind of movie. Wait, wasn't it, he
1: also in Joy?
0: He was in Joy. Speaking of uh, collaborations with David O. Russell and Jennifer Lawrence, that movie was not a failure, but not a success uh, in terms of box office. So his career is funny because he has been a movie star for so long. He's made so many... Uh, some iconic movies but so many well known or financially successful movies but he also has appeared in some some stinkers and some unsuccessful movies especially like the first half of his career so it'll be fun going back into the uh the old closet with uh I was thinking Criterion closet but that's not a place that you go with Bradley Cooper I was thinking about the Would you old, find uh, all about
1: Steve in yesterday. the Criterion closet
0: not going to find all about Steve in the Criterion Collection. Maybe not until the Golden Raspberries begin their own sort of Criterion Collection-style thing where they're putting out uh, specialty releases of their award-winning films. All right. With... Until next time. We'll yes. <laughs> put a pin in it there, folks. If you are still hanging around, thanks so much for listening along. We hope you're as excited to talk Bradley Cooper this month as Christian is especially. But I am too. I love the guy. So hopefully you are looking forward to a keg's worth of Bradley Cooper. That is... Um... Okay, that not as much time as I thought, Christian. We're doing great. Uh, there are a few things that you can Remember do.
1: Remember when we used to make these episodes just 35 minutes long?
0: Yeah, those uh those are the days, weren't they? That's an interesting. I case. tried
1: to stop us at 50 minutes.
0: <laughs> you tried, Christian. You tried. I'll yes. uh, I'll I'll buy you a coffee this week and, and thanks for your efforts. There are a few things that you can do to support the show, folks. Of course, please do subscribe. And leave us a rating or a review if your podcatcher accepts them. We sincerely appreciate seeing those five-star reviews come in and the nice reviews when they have come in in the past. Uh, just means a lot to know that people are listening along and uh, enjoying what we do here on the show. You can also follow us, or actually send us an email. Send us an email first before you follow us anywhere else. That's podcast at gmail.com. We are regularly checking that inbox looking for listener feedback whether it's to a particular episode if you agree or disagree with our take on a movie or maybe there's a bradley cooper movie that you love and and you really want to make sure that we talk about the mule with clint eastwood hey i don't know if christian's gonna pick it but we can definitely talk about it in some capacity so if you've got a bradley cooper performance that you love or a movie Um, that he's been a part of that you love or maybe he's not the star no matter what send us an email podcast at gmail.com would love listener feedback plus helps us plan the show and talk about movies that people want to hear us talk about you can also follow myself in the show on twitter christian on instagram and the both of us on letterboxd where we are regularly rating and reviewing the things that we are watching stay tuned for my all about steve review coming in the near future here (laughs) christian any final thoughts for the folks listening along at home
1: this is a good month
0: it's gonna be a good month, folks. Sorry to Christian Bale and to Michael Keaton. Uh, your your beloved son Christian abuse is cheating on you with Bradley Cooper, but we'll uh, we'll sort that out in family therapy. Uh, until next time. What
1: is the next Christian Bale? Oh, it's the one he's doing with Bradley Cooper.
0: Look at that crossover. <laughs> 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 uh, they already did American Hustle. To be fair, they, they've already acted uh, in the same movie together, but. Uh, we'll have another one with those two guys coming later it's called this the- year or next
1: year? There's no way it's ready this year. Okay,
0: another movie with them coming in the future. Until next time, folks, this has been Cinema on Tap. Thanks for listening.